0: Welcome to the world of Dracul. This is a story of a young woman who came into contact with a mysterious man named Dracul at a ball held in Romania. As her story begins with her first encounter with Dracul, his story unravels as their relationship grows. Previously on Dracul, Catherine spent the day out with Lady wolf and Romaine Lausti, gaining a total makeover to show her change of character. The three were ecstatic to be reacquaint as they readied themselves for the upcoming ball that evening. Dracul spent the entire day sleeping, of course, having flashbacks of his past life when he was Yulric, We know now that he and Philippe were far more than friends, but lovers, as he was the first to break Ulrich's heart until Veronica showed up. She had quite a vicious temper and was quick to become jealous. This episode ended with Catherine showing up to the ball shortly after Dracul as he whispered her name across the ballroom, which she instantly heard. Upon Catherine's arrival with Lydia woof and remain lausty, who were with their respective partners, several people amongst the crowd turned their heads to gawk at her new appearance, Dracul most definitely being one of them. Catherine wore a deep maroon robe de ville dress with a white collar and underlayers that elevated the overall contrast between the dress and her complexion. It caused her blue eyes to pop out even more so, Reminding Dracul of two people, Philippe, and the man he killed all those nights ago in the alleyway. Now that she stood before him, he clearly saw the resemblance between her and her father. It was completely undeniable that she was this man's daughter. However, he was unsure of why he thought of Philippe when admiring her. But perhaps it was simply due to the nature of the admiration he had for them both. Fixating on her, he dashed through the crowd, making his way towards her. Catherine was doing her absolute best to ignore that cool stare, laughing at some jokes Lydie and Romaine had blurred out. Their partners shared the same monotone swear laugh and cheeky smiles. My, they're the same, she noted when Lydie stopped her snorting, pressing her fan against her bosom. Argh. Don't look now, darling, but I believe your beloved is marching your way. And with utmost speed, losty interrupted. Gulping, Catherine turned around to find Rakul towering over her, wearing the same charming smile he has for the public. Unfortunately for her, they had unknowingly chosen matching colors. Even more unfortunate for her, though, she found that he looked absolutely ravishing in the rune. she turned to give him a cold greeting. Buonanotte, cara. Allow me to introduce myself to your friends. I'm afraid I haven't been able to properly introduce myself. I am Dracula Gresti. What a pleasure to meet you all. Wumaine batted her eyelashes. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. Oh, dears, introduce us? Wumain Lausti's partner spoke up first in monotone. Good eve, my name is Signore Hugh Mann, and this is my beloved Signora Wumain Lausti. They both bowed as Hugh's brother spoke up. Pleasure indeed, I am Hugh's brother, Jack Mann. This is my dear partner, Lady Alwuf, both bowed in return. Splendid. My dear, Catherine, if you don't mind, there is someone I'd like you to meet. Before she could object, he guided her away, pardoning themselves as they made their way upstairs towards the secluded hall. She nudged his hand away, desiring more independence as he shot her an empty look, which would have scared anyone, but she knew him all too well. It was his way of showing confusion. She chastised him in undertone. I don't see you for days on end. Then when I do, it's because I'm in danger. Then you nearly die, so then I have to save you. Furthermore, you try to use your, your, your unearthly magic to try and erase my memory. You exhaust me, then you worry me to the point where I see you half bare as Your eyes just, they, they melt to blue, and you, you make me kiss you, and you bewilder me further by causing me to confess my estranged feelings for you to my best friend, who just so happens to be a wonderfully attentive and magic-possessing raven." Without missing a beat, Draco replied, "'How long have you been rehearsing that?' Frustrated, she lifted her dress to leave when he stepped in her way. but. In all sincerity, I have a few discrepancies. You did not have to save me, nor kiss me. You did so because you wanted to. He closed the space between them as she backed away, hitting the wall. It's just as you said. There's something between us. That you cannot deny. I may not love you as you and I wish to, but I, Catherine... I am utterly glamored by you. Entirely. A complexity that even I fail to understand, but it is enough for me to willingly die for you. If only I could. Noticing a change in temperature within him, she licked her lips. Your breath is hot. Your cheeks are red. Have you fed on any. And if I have, would you love me any less? Flushed, She looked away from him, but he quickly grabbed her chin and looked into her eyes. A pool of blue filled his irises as their faces inched closer, yearning to kiss one another when a figure appeared at the end of the hallway. Ah, our very own Earl Agresti. There you are. The man flaunted his way towards them as they quickly separated. Well, I've been dying to meet your lovely guest. Catherine recognized the man to be the host of tonight's ball, Signore Roberto Morali, who wore a fanciful yellow and orange suit with gold embellishments and a purple cape. His brown hair was tied up into a bun, showing off his round face and piercing brown eyes. There was a sense of emptiness behind his stare, though he wore a genuine smile. She recognized it to be the same emptiness Draco held in his own gaze. Is he? Morali, this is Catherine. She is not my guest. She is my beloved. Morali snorted. <laughs> <laughs> beloved? Oh, my lively girl. How did you ever accomplish that? Well, I wouldn't say it's much of an accomplishment. He burst into laughter. Oh, I see now. She's got quite a tongue. Treat her poorly, and I may find my way around her. Dracul stiffened, glowering at him. Oh, please, you know how I jest, he chuckled (laughs) nervously. Besides, you're more my type. You and that red-headed man with those fluorescent green eyes. Catherine let out a small gasp. He knows Sartram? Before Signora Roberto Morali could question them any further, Dracul excused themselves and took Catherine back down to the dance floor. Quizzical, she quietly asked him if their flamboyant host was, uh, (laughs) you know, (laughs) a vampire, much like he. Nodding, he informed her that he is, but a much younger one who was born the century by his father, who was bit by a feral fledgling during his travels home from the States. How many more are there, she pondered, a cold sweat trickling down her spine. Worried, she looked around for her friends as she continued dancing with Dracul. Sensing her urgency, he attempted to calm her, letting her know that her friends were by the hors war with their beloveds. Once she found them, she could see Wumaine and Lausti waving their fans and winking at her. Shaking her head with a smile, she looked up to find Raoul glaring towards the entrance, sniffing the air in disgust. Much to her joy and his burden, Funani had arrived! He wore a forest green suit with a black doublet and gold embellishments adorning his uniform. Tassels hung from the sides of his shoulders, catching the attention of many as a few women gawked over his charm. Dragging Dracul off the dance floor, she bounced over to Funani as they gave one another a short embrace. Funani greeted her with a warm smile, which thinned upon making eye contact with Dracul. Hello again, Dracul. You look rather youthful this evening. Would you perhaps care to share why? No. As the room grew cold, Catherine squinted, noticing something off with Funani. His left eye was twitching every now and then as he breathed heavier than usual. She was about to ask if everything was all right when he spoke first. Catherine, might I have this next dance? He stretched out his arm. Happily accepting, she sneered at Dracul as if to say, not to barge between them. Closing his fist, he reluctantly complied, watching them from afar. He made sure to do his best to listen in on anything they said. They danced the entirety of the song, laughing and smiling at one another. (laughs) He was the only person in her misconstrued world that made her feel safe, made her feel normal and free. Wherever he was, she wanted to be just to feel alive without supernatural burden. Unfortunately, though, (laughs) their shared joy was short-lived as he sobered, giving her a pitiful expression. Her laughter stopped. Funani pressed her against himself, whispering into her ear while staring at Dracul. Suddenly, Dracul wasn't able to hear either one of them as he saw Funani's eyes flash gold. Werewolf tricks, he grimaced, making his way towards them. Catherine, for several weeks now, I've been absent for the sole purpose of finding out who Dracul truly is. What he's done, what he can do, and how he impacts those around him, including the supernatural. I don't have much time to explain as he is heading over to us as I speak. I will come and find you tomorrow afternoon, when he cannot touch us. This dance is over. Dracul bellowed. Funani glowered at him, readying to rebuttal when suddenly a sharp pain shot through his head, causing him to fumble backwards as he broke into a light sweat. Catherine reached out in grave concern, but he pulled away and apologized before he left the ball in haste. Twiddling with her dress, Dracul placed a hand on her shoulder, his brows furrowing in concern. Something is not right, he noted. We too should take our leave." Nodding, they said their goodbyes to Womain Lausti and Lady wolf with their respective partners, Hugh and Jack Mann, and left back home. Catherine's stomach churned as worry overtook her. Thank you for listening to episode 31 of Dracul. Matching colors? Three supernatural beings under one roof? Funani? In some sort of pain? What is going on? Stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing to this podcast on the platform you're listening to it on. All narration, writing, and music composed by Priscilla Barra. Certain sound effects are from the website Saps Blood. A huge thank you and shout out to my friend and former colleague, Edwin DePaz, for performing dark romance specifically for this podcast gray pants to match with the gray sky so nigh and high how sublime i cry as i try to pass by silently through the apartments four feet high now this i sigh this will get me by